Hi, this is Bishop E. James Logan, Senior Pastor of Christian Faith Fellowship Church in Zion, Illinois. Welcome to our podcast. I pray you'll be blessed by a fresh word from God every time you tune in. Father, in the name of your Son, Jesus, who is worthy of all the praise, the glory, and the honor, we stand here tonight entering into your word. Give us the grace and the anointing to understand and to receive revelation and information and empowerment from your word by the power of your cross. This is resurrection month. May dead things come back to life. May the life of God be imparted into every soul, renewing every mind, transforming every life for time and eternity. Anoint me afresh like never before. Anoint the saints like never before to hear, receive, and walk in your word. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. God bless you. You may be seated, those of you that are in the house of God. All right, we're going to talk about the power of his cross and look at John chapter 3 and verse 14 with me, please. John chapter 3 and verse 14. King James, and it reads, And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. I read it again. As Moses, just like Moses, lifted up, the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the son of man be lifted up. This is so powerful. So what Jesus is referring to when he's talking that John records is that incident that happened in Numbers chapter 21 hundreds of years ago when Israel came out of Egypt and they find themselves in the wilderness where they are learning who their God is. They're learning who their God is. It's important. Israel was learning like we must learn who our God is. Who our God is. So many different things I'm seeing even in that statement that no matter where you work, it's important that you learn who your boss is. Each boss has a management style. It's, it, it would behoove you to learn the management style of your boss. It will help you be more productive and it will help you understand, hear this now, and follow their orders more completely. And so Israel's in the wilderness in Numbers 21 and the Bible tells us that God's people rebelled and complained about God and Moses. Isn't that something? Your God, your boss, <laughs> just brought you out of Egypt after 430 years using a man named Moses, and you want to complain to, about Moses and about God. And quite naturally, this bothers God. And God sends fiery serpents he sends fiery serpents to bite and kill them. And many of these complaining, rebelling people died. It's, it's in the Bible. It's in the Bible. Numbers chapter 21. Let me, let me. So Numbers 21, let's look at verse number seven. We'll read verse seven and eight. And the people came to Moses and said, 
We have sinned, for we have spoken against the Lord and against you. Pray to the Lord that he take away the serpents from us. So Moses prayed for the people. Verse 8. And the Lord said to Moses, make thee a fiery serpent and set it upon a pole. And it shall come to pass that everyone that is bitten, when he looks up on to the pole and looks at the serpent, they shall live. Think about that now. God bless you. God says, okay, I'm going to forgive them because they repented. But I'm going to put a condition on their deliverance, their healing. He says, I want you, Moses, to make a replica. I want you to do your best to make a replica that looks just like the serpents, the fiery serpents that bit the people and killed them. By the way, that's where that uh, uh, seal, the medical seal comes from. It's the pole with the serpent wrapped around it. That's where that seal came from, by the way, just a little piece of history. And so Moses makes this replica of these fiery serpents and he puts it on a pole. And God says, anybody that's bitten, that looks at that serpent on the pole will not die, but they will live. Now, if you're taking notes, it's a good place to start. All who looked up, all who looked up to the serpent would live. Anyone that was bitten that was sure enough going to die. If they looked up upon the pole at the serpent, they would live. This is a form and type of resurrection. Because they were destined to die. But if they looked up at the, <laughs> at the serpent on the pole, God says they would live or they would be resurrected. Only those willing to obey, repent, and look up to the serpent were healed of its poisonous bite and lived. Only the people that looked up. If you didn't look up at the serpent, you just died. You just were in pain. So only the people that were willing to look at what was killing them would live. Oh, we're changing this. Turn the corner a little bit here. Stay with me. This gets tricky, but you can you can you can take it. You can you can get it. Only those who were willing to look at what was killing them would live. This is a very important principle. I addressed this Sunday with much pain. Because there are some in our community that refuse to look at what's killing them. So they keep dying from it. Say lot. If you're not willing to look at what your problem is, you'll never solve it. Only those who were willing to look at their sin. The serpent represented the sin of the people. 
Only the people that were willing to look at their sin and confront their rebellion were forgiven and healed and experienced resurrection. There's no way, write this down, please. There is absolutely no way that any one of us can be authentic Christians if we're not willing to look at our sin. And we live in a world today, I'm old enough and I'm, I don't mind saying it, you know, we, me and Pastor Deborah, we talk about this in jest, we the old people now. We the old people now. And, 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 so, and so after 34 years of marriage, uh, 25 years of, of, of pastoring, I've come to learn a few things about being a Christian. And in reference to this message tonight, people that aren't willing to look at their sin are usually going to remain in it. It doesn't matter how good you preach, sing, play organs, instruments. If you're not willing to look at your sin earnestly, you will not be delivered from it. And this is the lesson. This is one of the powerful lessons in this text and in the message today. Only those who were willing to look at their, what was killing them lived. You got to look at the serpent. The serpents were the ones that were killing you. Look at what's killing you. The question is, what's killing you? Do you know what's killing you? Do you know what's killing your health? The doctor will tell you most of the time. You got to stop eating this and start. If you don't look at what's killing you, it's going to kill you. Only when we're willing to take a good, hard look at what's killing us, can we confront it? And this is what God is all about. Only people who are willing to look at their sin. Only people who are willing to confront their rebellion were forgiven and healed. The word look in this scripture is the Hebrew word ra'ah. Write this down. And it means seeing, looking, observing, studying, examining, and considering. Should be on the screen, but I'm going to say it again. Only those that are willing to look, those that are willing to examine, Examine yourself, Paul says, to see if you be in the faith. <laughs> I mean, you know, check. Are you really saying, look at yourself. No one should, no one should be, no one should have to tell you if you ain't saved. No one should have to tell you you pretending, you just going to church. No one have to, you should examine yourself. Just like in the morning, before you leave the house, you look at yourself in the mirror and you examine yourself to see if you're ready to go outside and meet everybody else. So we have to look and examine the cross. We have to look at Jesus on the cross. This is what this serpent represents. That's why Jesus said, just like Moses lifted up the serpent, so must the son of man be lifted up. Just like the people had to look at that serpent that was, look at that, what represented killing them. You got to look at that. Put it on a pole, hold it up. You look at it, look at it, uh, submit yourself to it. 
only people that were willing to study what was killing them. Let me say this to you. Sometime a particular sin can have you so tough. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost. A sin can hold you strong. It's strong. Oh, it can hold you down. So you got to study that thing. I just helped 15 more people. If there's a besetting sin, if there's a generational sin, sometimes you got to study that sin. Why was my family bound up by this particular sin? Why do I see it in every generation? You better study it. You better look at it. You got to observe it. You got to examine it. And obviously that's through the scriptures and any other way you can. So you begin to get a greater understanding. But a lot of us today, today in today's world, we just like to watch Marvel comic movies, Iron Man. We like to be entertained. We like to go to concerts and we don't want to look at what's really killing us. That's the tactic of the enemy. All you want to do is have your best life now. You don't know what's killing you. That's why you probably will die from it because you don't know what it is. Because you don't want anybody to tell you. And this is why churches like this and preachers like me are not as popular as we once were. Because no one wants to hear what's killing them. All we want to hear is how to be blessed. Well, the way to be blessed is to stop what's killing you from killing you. For real. So the people were forced to consider their sin. Again, you know, we've got so many years after the cross of Jesus Christ in it's reality when it actually happened. And we've many people have been just over. I don't know if that's the right word to say, but you've been over churched, so to speak. And so. You've heard scriptures quoted so many times that they just lose their meaning to you. So when people are told or asked rather to confess their sin, you just say, Lord, I'm a sinner. Forgive me. You don't even think about your sin. You just repeated what the preacher or the elder or the person praying for you told. Just say, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for my sin. You no, no. For now, I'm sorry for my sin. Okay, now think about your sins. List them in your head. <laughs> That's what we should start doing now. Okay, ask the Lord to forgive you for your sin. Okay, now say what they are. Consider what they are. Because sin can just be an arbitrary, you know, name, you know, it's just, just something just, you know, it doesn't have any meaning. But if you list them, oh, oh now it's going to hit you. Oh, man, yeah, I lied, I stole, and I just got out to bed with somebody I should, you know, yeah, not yet. Now you know what you're being forgiven for. The people were forced to consider. Look up and live. If you don't look at it, you're not going to live. If you don't look at your sin for what it is, if it doesn't mean anything to you, how is it going to mean very much to God? Because I said this a little bit differently before. I say it this way now. The same God who judges us 
is the same God who forgives us and gives us grace and mercy. The same God. See, write this down, please. Looking at the cross reminds us of our sins. That's why we need to be conscious of the cross every day and particularly during the resurrection. Because it reminds us of our sins. It reminds us of what Jesus died for that should no longer be part of our life. The cross also reminds us how much God loves us. Because Jesus went up on that cross to die for my sins and the sins of the whole world. He loves me. The cross reminds me of God's love for me because my sins are no longer on me and neither are yours. The cross reminds us of the power of resurrection. When we look at the cross and we confess our sins, we get eternal life right then. Right then, that moment. Remember the thief on the cross? He said, Jesus, remember me when you enter into your kingdom. Jesus said, I promise you this very day you're going to be with me in paradise. Something happens instantaneously when we confess our sins and we consider Jesus Christ dying on the cross. Something happens immediately. There's a transaction mm, in the spirit realm that happened when you got saved. And the cross reminds us of that transaction. You see, I don't know if you think about this often enough, but we deserve death and punishment. Look at somebody and shake your head. Look at somebody. Yep, 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 yep. You deserve to die. I deserve the stuff you and I did. Some of us were so, I ain't gonna look at nobody, but you know, some of us was real bad. Some of us were professional sinners. We knew we were sinning. We knew how to do it and we did it right. Don't play with me up in here. I know ain't it a whole, but come on now. Don't be playing watching. You know you used to sin real good. Some of y'all, I'm I'm finna. (laughs) Uh Uh-oh, I'm I'm gonna go there for just a minute because I gotta keep your attention because I can't just be real bland with it. See, some of y'all's, your theme song was, watch this. We don't have to take our clothes off to have a good time. Come on, somebody. That's an old song. Y'all don't remember that one. (laughs) Yes. I got law enforcement getting nervous. We all deserve to die. But Jesus died instead. We deserve punishment. But Jesus was punished instead. Instead of punishment, we got mercy. Instead of death, we got eternal life. So the serpent was lifted up so it could not be ignored. We cannot ignore our sin. Watch this. 
Because even after being saved, we still sin. You don't want to say nothing to me. But just because you confessed in 1975 doesn't mean you ain't got to look at your sin in 2022. That's why we need the cross. That's why we need to be taught the power of the cross. That's why we need to remember the cross because we still yet make mistakes, sin, false flaws, whatever you want to call them, but we still have to look at it. Don't just get in church and say, well, I repented 20 years ago. You still need to repent regularly. You still need to look at the cross because ignoring your sin will keep you poisoned. And that poison will eventually kill you. But you've been in church. The serpent was lifted up so all people could see it. In other words, everybody got to repent. It's not just at a level that people five feet can see it. No, it's at a level high enough. Everybody can see it. Everybody has to acknowledge their sin. I don't care how high up in the church world you are. You're a super apostle, archbishop, arch, archbishop, super arch apostle, whatever, you know. Everybody has to humble themselves under the cross. Everybody. Again, Jesus said in John 12, 32, if I be lifted up, if I be lifted up from the earth, I'll draw all men. All. I don't care if you're a senator, president, all. Nobody's too big for the cross. Nobody's too important for the cross. Nobody's too holy for the cross. I don't care how many crosses you wear. See, crucifixion was common during Jesus' time. In fact, it was common for many, many years. It was a common form or means of execution. So there were probably tens of thousands, maybe a hundred thousand, who knows, maybe even a million people that were crucified or died on a cross. So then the question then, what makes the crucifixion of Jesus such a big deal? I mean, after all, it was common for people to be crucified. Why, why is it such a big deal? Why do we make a big deal out of Jesus's crucifixion? Well, Jesus' crucifixion, just like the serpent in the wilderness in Numbers 21 we talked about, that serpent could not be ignored that was put on the pole. Neither can Jesus Christ be ignored since he was crucified on a cross. <laughs> See, Jesus's crucifixion can't be ignored because just like the serpent had to be studied and examined and considered, so too do we, must we, Study Jesus. Examine him. Why was he put on a cross? We have to consider his cross. <laughs> his cross forces us to see ourselves 
the way God sees us. Write that down. When we seriously consider the cross of Jesus Christ, it forces us to look at ourselves the way God looks at us. See, because here's the problem with most human beings. Here's the problem with most human beings. I'm going to say it one more time. Here's the problem with most human beings. We're human. And we don't like to feel bad or think anything bad about ourselves. We just like to think, you know, this is why Hollywood is just so, you know, full of it because everybody's cute and everybody, oh, you, some of that stuff they say ain't true. You ain't cute in that, but every, oh, you're just so cute. Oh, where'd you get that? I want to get that in there back of their mind. I ain't wearing that. You don't look good. But see, see, so, so we as humans, we don't want to think about anything bad. And the cross of Jesus Christ forces us to say, hmm, why did he get up there for us? What was so wrong with me that he had to do that? I mean, this is God, after all. He had to do that. What was so wrong with all of us that Jesus had to go out like that? What is on God's mind that only Jesus dying on the cross would work to get us cleansed? What was so bad about me? And this is the question that we need to ask ourselves from time to time. We need a spiritual report card. (laughs) When we think about Jesus on the cross, one of the things that should come to our mind is this. I'm a person in need saving. That's why he got up on that cross. That's why they put him on the cross, because I needed to be saved. needed to be saved. I, I, do, do, you, do you feel that? Do you, you, you needed to be saved. Nothing that you and I could have ever done would have made us good enough to God. He, 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 he got on that cross because you and I needed saving. And nobody else could save us. Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. Since we are surrounded by so great or so many examples of faith, so many great crowd of witnesses, we must get rid of everything that slows us down, especially sin. Sin that distracts us. You know, sin is a distraction. It is. That's why most sin feel good. That's why most sin feels good. It's a distraction. And then, and then, you know, and then because we're human, we come up with crazy phrases like, if it feels good, it is good. If it's good to you, it's good for you. If it's good for you, it's good. All that old crazy stuff. <laughs> we must get rid of everything that slows us down, hinders us. Especially sin that distracts us. We must run the race that lies ahead of us and never give up. Verse 2. Looking at Jesus. Somebody say looking at Jesus. 
looking, the King James says unto, but it, it's the same thing, looking at Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him. Ah, that's another reason he got up there. He saw your future. He saw my future. He saw our future. Our future in eternity is so amazing. Jesus said, I'll die for you to experience it. Your future, my future, our future as believers is so amazing. Jesus said, you got to experience it. So I'll die for you. I know you're processing that. I don't know about you. I'm excited already just hearing it. That my future in eternity with God is so amazing. Jesus said, I'll die for me to experience it. Wow. I have not seen, Bible says, neither ear heard, neither has it entered into the hearts of man, the things that God has prepared for us. Jesus knew that was the joy that was set before him. My God, my God, my God. Can you imagine? No, we can only imagine the good time God wants to have with you. That Jesus prepared a place for us. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, for the joy that was set before him, Endured the cross. He endured the cross. Ah. The cross wasn't a quick thing. See, when you look at and consider and study, you realize the cross started when he had to bear it and carry it on his back. Not just when he died on it, but it started when he had to drag it on his back. He had to endure the cross. He had to carry and drag the very instrument of his death while he was at the weakest point. They had put a crown of thorns on his head and whipped him with a cat of nine tails and exposed all of his innards and he bled and he was weak, but he couldn't die yet. He had to endure the cross. When you consider, when you examine, when you study why he did it, it will change you. You ain't gonna, you're not going to be a play that ground Christian anymore. He endured the cross, despising the shame, despising the fact that he had to go through this. He despised it. He hated it, but he loved you and I more. Are you glad he loves you? I'm glad I know he loves me. See, it's studying the cross that we learn the depth of his love. Despising the shame and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Once we understand the power of his cross, we look at the cross differently and we look at Jesus differently. When we study the power of his cross, Jesus can no longer be ignored. 
every single day of your life, you will think of him. Every day. And thinking about him every day will change you every day. To look away from the cross is the same as looking away from the serpent Moses put on the pole. The poison stays in you. The poison of sin will stay in you or anyone that refuses to look at the cross. That's why Jesus brought it up. Jesus brought it up. To look away from the cross is to keep the poison in your body, the poison of sin. Sin is poison. It's poison. <laughs> to look away from the cross is not to be resurrected. So if you're not looking at the cross, if you're not looking at Jesus, you're not going to experience resurrection. You're not going to experience eternal life. It's not going to happen for you because you got to look at the cross. You got to look at Jesus. The author and the finisher of our faith. If you refuse to look at him, if he's just this 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 uh, I don't know, this make believe, this cartoon caricature, this this. This image you've created in your own mind about who Jesus is that you have kept since you were in Sunday school. You got a problem. Jesus must be looked at, examined, studied, considered and understood. And that's the only way we could experience healing. From sin, resurrection power by the Holy Ghost. If not, you're still dead. You're just a dead person coming to church, singing living songs. You're dead in trespasses and sins. You're still doing the same things you used to do before you got saved. Because the poison is still in you. And you're wondering, why am I struggling? Because you've not looked at the cross. You've not looked at Jesus on the cross. John 3.14. I'm almost finished. Give me 10 minutes. John 3.14. Again, as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, he had to lift it up. So the son of man must be lifted up. Just like the folk could not ignore what was killing them. In the wilderness, neither can we ignore what's been killing us. Stop acting like there's nothing wrong with you if you got a sin problem. If you have a specific sin problem, if you have a stronghold, besetting sin, whatever term that you want to use. It's all because you will not look at Jesus on the cross and acknowledge what's been killing you and say, God, I don't want what killed my mama to kill me. God, I don't want what killed my grandmama 
to kill. I don't want what got my daddy to get. I don't want what got my grandfather to get. I don't want what got my great, great, whatever. I don't want that to get me. Hebrews 2, 9. But we see Jesus, who was made a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death. Jesus came to suffer and die. This is why we got to look at him. He came to suffer and die. When you see Jesus, you shouldn't see a Cecil B. DeMille movie or, you know, do, 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 do. Oh, that's Moses. Yeah. You shouldn't see him in that movie Hollywood robe, you know, white skin. He, he was olive skin. He wasn't white. There was no white. He wasn't white. Y'all really see the real Jesus, y'all. See, even me saying that makes some folk mad. Jesus wasn't Caucasian, okay? I don't care how many books and paintings, that ain't the real Jesus. That's the problem. This is why you don't know who he is. But we see Jesus. Do you really see him? How do you see him? How do you see Jesus? But we see Jesus who was made a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death. You got to see a suffering Jesus because it helped you identify with your sin. He suffered for us. He goes on to say, but now he's crowned with glory and honor. Now you have to begin to see him in his progression. Mm. He's not the little baby in the manger. He's not the teenager sitting at the, 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 in the temple talking to the elders. That's a progression now, and neither is he the Jesus on the cross. But we have to see him in all of that to learn who he is. That's why Jesus said, take my yoke upon you and what? Learn of me. Learn about me. We've stopped teaching people about Jesus. People have stopped learning about Jesus and they come to learn how to prosper. We come to church to be blessed. You don't know anything about Jesus. So he's gone through the progression. He suffered under death, death on the cross, but now he's crowned with glory and honor. You need to begin to see Jesus crowned with glory and honor, seated at the right hand of his father. That's the powerful Jesus that's soon to come back. If you see him like that, you'll keep ready. Like the folks say, you ain't got to get ready. You're going to stay ready. Because that Jesus crowned with glory and honor is about to come back. He's not coming back as a suffering lamb. He's coming back as the lion of the tribe of Judah. Then he goes on to say, crowned with glory and honor. That he might, by the grace of God, taste death for every man. Jesus tasted death for every man. When he was on the cross, he tasted death for you and for me. If you don't look at him 
the taste of death is in your mouth. If you don't consider him, the taste of death is in your mouth. If you don't examine him, the taste of death is in your mouth. To ignore his cross is to remain in your sins. To ignore his cross is to ignore his love. To ignore his cross is to ignore his pain and his shame. And if you can do that, that's why you're in pain and there's shame on your life. Everyone stand on your feet, please. I'm finished. Bow your heads, please. I want you to consider Jesus. I want you to see him enduring the cross. I want you to see him carrying it after being beaten, after being spit on, after being ridiculed. I want you to see his cross. I want you to imagine the dimensions of the cross, how big each plank was, how heavy it was, how he had to drag it up hills, down hills. I want you to see the cross because in doing so, you will be transformed. You will be changed. You will see Jesus as the author and the finisher of your faith. You will no longer see your savior as a weak man that couldn't stop his own execution, but rather you will see him as the suffering savior, as your God that wants to spend eternity with you because he has sight that goes beyond the 90, 120 years of any person's life. For the joy of being with you for eternity, he endured the cross. Because he wants to be with us forever, he endured the cross. What does that mean to you? How does that impact you? What does it do to your psyche? Ishtar. What does it do to how you see the world today? What does it do to how you feel about yourself? What does it do to the pains and the light afflictions that have held you back and held you down? What does it do to the complaining you have done like Israel did in the wilderness and God released those fiery serpents? What does it do to you? How does it change your mentality when you view his cross? Father, we thank you. For your word, your word is truth. We thank you for the revelation of your word. It's powerful. We thank you for the illumination of your word. It gives us light and understanding. We thank you for the anointing that's on your word that gives us strength to overcome. I thank you in advance for the power of the cross that's going to manifest stronger and stronger 
in the lives of your people as we go through this month called Resurrection Month here at CFFC. I thank you that more and more people are going to tune in. I thank you that more and more people are going to get a serious walk with Christ. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, thank you for joining us. I also want to thank you in advance for clicking on the link to support our ministry. Your giving is what moves ministry forward, and ministry must move forward. You can also visit us online at cffczion.org for more information. If you were blessed by this word, please subscribe and share this podcast with your friends and family. God bless you.